the college football playoff rankings were once again released Tuesday night, and lo and behold, Pitt was nowhere to be found. 7-4 and four USC, 7-3 and three Oklahoma State, 6-4 and four Iowa State, 7-3 and three Iowa, all ranked. Memphis, Cincinnati, Boise State, SMU, Appalachian State, all ranked. Pitt has proved it can hang and probably beat all these teams. A showdown on the highway against 7-3 Virginia Tech could and should be the opportunity the Panthers need to gain some respect that they so dearly deserve. We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina. It's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One hell of a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of November 23rd. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Last Thursday, Pat Narduzzi brought an exorcist with him to Heinz Field named Kenny Pickett. It took overtime, but Pitt beat UNC and exorcised the demons. Now the Panthers must travel to Blacksburg, Virginia to tangle with old Bud Foster and the Virginia Tech Hokies. Major bull implications in this one. Pam, I know you're a bit under the weather. We thank you for powering through with us this week because it is indeed the biggest week in the history of the show, dare I say it. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't know if I lost my voice a little bit uh, yelling too much (laughs) at the UNC game last week. I was very, very hyped for that win, even though I was... Very skeptical it would happen, but I'm very happy they proved me wrong. They did it. Kenny Pickett was spectacular. We're going to get into all of that. And then, of course, we will preview Virginia Tech. Vince, I'm so hyped I could smack someone with a helmet. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, you do feel like you just want to get out there and fight somebody. Uh, And and that may happen down in Blacksburg, Virginia. This is a, a major game. Uh, Virginia Tech's going to be looking for blood in this one, no doubt about it. And the Panthers got to be able to rise to the challenge. I just can't wait to see all those. You know, we talk about them a lot on this show. The, you know, your uncle or your friend or the older guy, you know, or someone who was like, ah, those Pitt Panthers, who cares? This is a big college football game this week they're in. And if you're not hyped for it, you better check your pulse. At H2P Show on Twitter and on Instagram is where you'll find us getting hype on social media. We appreciate you for following us. We thank you for tweeting at us and giving us stuff to talk about and talk to you about. You know, we like interacting there, too, at H2P Show. And, uh, you know, we have so much on the plate, we're going to have to table the uh, the Pitternet stuff this week, our new segment, 
which has been really fun and a lot of people are enjoying it. But there's a lot to break down, a lot of great news for Pitt Athletics this week we're going to talk about. So we'll get to the Pitternet a double dose next week for everybody. Uh, we also appreciate your feedback and, and, and anybody talking about Pitt Athletics on the Internet. We love it, and we love when you talk to us. on. We're on Panther Lair like you. We thank you for uh, chatting and let, giving us feedback there. Reddit as well. Uh, having a lot of fun each and every single week, riding through this entire season to this huge game we're going to talk about. Of course, we have some hoops to get into. And of course, we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. PrettyEasyPodcast.com is where you go if you want to start a podcast like this one. If you're a big fan of a sports team, if you have great cooking tips, if you want to do, I don't know, a show about uh Creepy, creepy monsters that live in your area of the country that nobody knows about. I don't know. You go to prettyeasypodcast.com. You can do a show about anything and you get your own personal producer who helps you take care of all the production. All you got to worry about is having fun and doing a show like we do. That's prettyeasypodcasts.com. Before we get to a North Carolina review, shout out to Pitt Men's Soccer. This is historic, Vince. 1965 was the last time they were in the NCAA tournament, and they will be hosting, as of this live on tape recording of the podcast, hosting on Thursday, one day from today, Lehigh in the NCAA tournament. Pitt ranked for the first time in almost 20 years, and it's going to host a big-time NCAA tournament game in men's soccer. That's huge for the program. Yeah, how about that? Uh, and I, I hope a lot of supporters get out to the pitch uh, and have their presence felt uh, for this huge game against Lehigh. Uh, really just a testament to, to Heather White, I would say. You know, she wasn't necessarily directly involved with the coaching hire here, but uh, it's that, that winning culture she's trying to promote throughout all the athletic teams. Absolutely. And giving money to some of these and pouring money into some of the facilities too. There's definitely plans um, and some progress made in the – quote unquote non-revenue generating sports, but um maybe the men's soccer team can bring home a, a championship or at least advance in the NCA tournament. The ACC is very well represented mm-hmm. in this ACC tournament coming up here. Yeah, I selfishly really want at least this victory. Move on to face Georgetown if you beat Lehigh. My future mother-in-law is a Lehigh grad and already talking smack. She noticed this reading up on it. Through the miracle of the ACC network. We could all keep track of this uh, Pitt men's soccer taking on Lehigh Thursday night and uh, really exciting. And uh, yeah, I, the, even from every, every sport, you're right. Heather like, uh, and Pam, you bring up the non-revenues. I mean, it just, it, I think with the, the new, the, the, I think just how the whole campus is, you know, it, it is painted with the new script, the new logo, the new, you know, color scheme, the new old school stuff, if you will. It is like a different culture. It's like being on a different campus from when I was here, you know, just over 10 years ago. And it and it feels different. It feels bigger. And it's awesome. And I think Pitt men's soccer, Pitt women's volleyball most certainly exemplify this new attitude across all Pitt, Pitt athletics. And it is awesome to see. Cannot wait for that game. But we need to look back before we look ahead. For Pitt football, UNC on a Thursday night when the demons were exercised. You know, I thought it was an impressive win, you know, for our kids, you know, on Thursday night. Um, I love the effort they played with. They played hard, flew around, uh, played tough, were physical. Um, 
you know, and obviously, you know, we weren't perfect. I didn't say the word uh, perfect, but we were physical. Physicality all the way into overtime. And I think a really tough performance from Kenny Pickett, his best game, arguably, as a Pitt Panther. And he used his legs. He used his arms. He was efficient. And most importantly, zero turnovers. I thought it was the best game he's ever played. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, Alan. Uh, He said 359 yards passing, 53 yards rushing, three total touchdowns, including that game winner in overtime. Uh, And this guy, he he was doing it all all over the field uh, under some tough circumstances. And uh, without his uh, one of his top receivers, uh, Maurice French, not in the lineup. uh, And he went out there and, and, you know, he did what he had to do uh, to get this team over the top for a win. Yeah, I mean, he he distributed the ball. You're right. No French out there. So you were interested to see what would happen. And I thought. Uh, of all the guys you would expect to step up, uh, Shockey Jacques-Louis did four big catches. And, you know, I think that offense is is really hitting their stride. And fr- I would almost say pretty much their best game in terms of the mistakes we always talk about. Yeah, yeah, the the turnovers, that that's huge. Uh, and, and include we should mention about, about Shockey, uh, four catches, but there, there's also one he was robbed of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that not included in there, a, t- a touchdown pass uh, catch early on. Um, but, yeah, the ball distributed. Jared Wayne, four catches. Will Gregg had three catches. Um, uh, if I'm going to nitpick a little bit, um, they didn't move the ball in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, quite as much as, as what you would have liked to see, you know, uh, partially contributing to that 14 point lead evaporating uh, and, and they didn't punch it in uh, and they had to set a settle for a field goal, the one drive that they did have. Uh, but, you know, otherwise I thought they played pretty well. Yeah. Well, you have to, they still, they still, you know, lost the penalty battle, but it, more yards given up by UNC, but one thing at a time, right? No turnovers. They still had some penalties. They still stalled out in the fourth quarter offensively as they have done. But then in overtime, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty awesome to see that they were pretty much fearless, and Kenny Pickett looked like a determined individual out there that was not going to lose this game. Would have liked to see more from the running game uh, th- throughout the night. Um, Got to credit Sam Howell and UNC. They're they scare if they if Pitt beat them this year. I don't know about the future, Pam, because they look like they could be a scary team moving forward with that guy at quarterback. Yeah, he's a very, very good quarterback. Um, very impressed for a freshman. And they're still rebuilding there at UNC. And you could obviously see that on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we talked about that going in, how Pitt needed to capitalize when they were on offense, and they were able to do that. Um, but UNC was very impressive. Sam Howell is is the real deal, and he's going to be a force the next two to three years every time Pitt goes against them. And, you know, going into that fourth quarter, I don't, you were at the stadium, but I was watching uh, Pat McAfee call the game, uh, and he was pretty unbiased for being a WVU hooplehead. And, you know, they were just talking up how great UNC has been in fourth quarters all year long. And with that lead, I, I, started, get, I started having your mentality, Pam. I was getting real scared, even though Pitt was looking great most of that game. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's going to overtime. But... There was something, I think, there was something about Kenny Pickett on this night. Really have to credit him and putting the team, I think, on his back 
and and I think this was maybe his coming out party, at least as a bona fide leader for the Pitt Panthers. When we talked about it going into the game, how UNC had trouble with rushing quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and he saw a few opportunities to gain some yards. Um, nothing crazy, but he saw those opportunities and took them and was able to finish with 53 yards and really move the chains in some key spots. And then, of course, it was a Thursday game, and good thing because it gave Coach Narduzzi uh, some time to cool off because he was super pissed about uh, Hamlin uh, not being in there and uh, who could blame him. And uh, as soon as he's out of there, you know, Vince, uh, Pitt was having some issues uh, with with coverage, even though they were getting after Howell more so than other teams have. Uh, that's pretty much why that game ended up going to overtime. Yeah, the defense did fi- finish with five sacks, and I don't have I don't have the hurries in front of me, but uh, yeah, I'd say that, it's all about pressure. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I thought the pressure was pretty good, uh, but yet yeah, Demar Hamlin not being in there, uh, you know, Jazzy Stalker, who uh, you know in that quarters coverage at the safety spot covering that slot receiver, uh, did not do the best. Eric Hallett, I had to eventually come in in overtime and played pretty good. Uh, if you look at the numbers for that slot receiver, I, I can't remember the kid's name, but just huge, especially in the second half. Uh, it was that was, and that's Pitt has struggled against North Carolina covering that slot receiver. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is; uh, they, they've struggled against that. Um, you could say kind of unless we have you know some elite players at the safety position covering, uh, but the defense did. You know that fourth quarter was obviously a huge meltdown, giving that up. Pam, but uh, they did make the huge stop uh, in overtime when when they needed to. Yeah, and just to clarify, Demar Hamlin was ejected at the end of the first half, correct? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's available for the full Virginia Tech game because it's be. two halves, yeah. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, I just those targeting reviews. It's just they're almost as bad as pass interference in the NFL. You just never know. Um, you're right. I don't know which which receiver are you talking about, Vince. Bo Corrales or Daz Newsom? Daz Newsom. Yeah, I think it was Daz Newsom was, was the one guy. The one who's like he was on you know all ACC for the week, had over a hundred yards, I think over ten catches. But uh, that Bo Corrales was scaring me too. I thought he would end up being like the Ryan Switzer, although he was he's a big receiver and just took it in that first quarter uh, with a touchdown. But yeah, all their receivers got theirs eventually. Uh, Maybe credit to that that targeting penalty that got Demar Hamlin out of the game, but Pitt uh, prevails, and oh my goodness, the sack dances of of Haba Baldonado and Jalen Twyman just cementing himself as one of the elite in the country, a generic uh, you know nominee. Or uh, it was great to see the pass rush get after a, a team that we thought maybe might uh, be able to protect their quarterback, but uh uh-uh, uh, Pitt still reigning defending leaders in sacks in the country after the UNC game. Cannot say enough about Jalen Twyman and on the broadcast too. I mean, they were just putting him over huge and rightfully so. He has earned to number 97, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he he was impressive and and uh he you know, he played just about every snap in that fourth quarter. Uh he was out there uh showing that, you know, he he was not to be slowed down. 
Uh, I'd like to also give a lot of credit to Deslin Alexandra, uh, who uh, altered that last throw in overtime. Uh, you know, if Sam Howe has time to throw that ball, only Lord knows what would have happened. Pitt survives or exercises, whatever you want to call it, they got the W against UNC, and that sets us up. You know, in the end, you know, it's about Ws. Yes, it is. And, at the, at the end, and that sets us up for what is just, I mean, as big of a game in Blacksburg as it can get for Pitt and Virginia Tech, um, coastal division implications, a farewell to a legendary head coach. We're about to talk about one big football game. Obviously, we got a you know a hot, hot uh, Virginia Tech football team, and Bud Bud Foster on defense, and Justin Fuente. I think you know runs the offense or has his hands in it uh, very heavily. Um, they're talented. Um, they've turned it around since the Duke game, where I think everybody in the country looked and said, "Oh man, this is going to be an easy one." And now we're, we get to you know mid November, late November, and find out that we got we're going to have a battle on our hands down in Blacksburg. So. Uh, they're well coached. They're tough. They're physical. They like to run the football, um, and uh, and again, they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. With I don't know five straight wins. A hot hokey team. I mean, I didn't know. I, I'm one of those people at the beginning of the year, Pam, that thought this would maybe be an easy one for Pitt, but instead, uh, this one has a lot of marbles on the line. Yeah, and the way Virginia Tech started off after the first few games. Um, even in some of their wins against like Old Dominion, they looked terrible. And people were calling for Justin Fuente's jobs. There were reports of what his buyout was. And it is legendary defensive coordinator Bud Foster's last game um, in in Blacksburg. So there's going to be a lot of emotions there. Foster's been there for decades and really orchestrated some legendary defenses over the years. So they're really going to um, play, play up. For this game and Virginia Tech as the years gone on um, they've really settled settled in um, and settled in at the quarterback position as well and really escalated their game since then yeah Hendon Hooker who I believe Pitt offered didn't they Vince yeah uh, coach did did uh, mention that this week that he was in on him uh, this guy is you know taken over uh, for Ryan Willis or, or from early in the season uh, after that, you know, two and two start, the coach mentioned, uh, and he's led this team to, you know, five of the, their last six uh, wins, and you know, a one, uh, their only loss, a one point loss at Notre Dame. Uh, this guy's been, you know, hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's got eight touchdown passes, sixty uh, percent wow. completion percentage. Uh, so, you know, he's efficient. He seems like more. Yeah, an, an efficient guy. He, he's not losing them games. Uh, you know, able to run the football well. Uh, this is, is something that they got to make this guy uncomfortable. Well, when you have forty-five sacks on the season, and you're getting almost five per game, uh, the Pitt Panthers, I think, are equipped to get after uh, Hooker, the 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 budding uh, Virginia Tech star quarterback, who is really just making them. Or putting them in in positions to win, in a position to go, as the cool kids say, and yeah. uh, and look at them five in a row, and now we have a game where. So how's this set up? This is coastal division implications. Obviously, UVA holds all the cards, and they need to get by Virginia Tech at the end of the year, but there are Orange Bowl implications here, Vince. Even if Virginia uh, goes down in an ACC title game, possibly. I 
I think it's possible, uh, mainly because, you know, uh, that Virginia team would have another loss um, and finish uh, the year with four losses, I believe. Um, so, uh, or three losses, excuse me. Um, uh, three or four. What is, what is their record? They're at three, they're at three losses, the same as Pitt. So three losses right now. So if they would finish the year at four losses, say they get blown out by Clemson, uh, you know, you would either have maybe a, a three, a nine and three Virginia tech team or a nine and three Pitt team. We hope, uh, and it's, you know, the orange bowl, assuming Clemson, you know, uh, does the job and, and, uh, well, not, they're not doing the job, but if they are going to be, <laughs> uh, finishing the job and winning, uh, the ACC and they'll make the playoff, uh, the orange bowl has to take the, uh, an ACC team, uh, the next highest in the college football rankings. And you got to think that it's possible that, you know, Virginia gets blasted by Clemson that, you know, Pitt or Virginia tech, even though they would have a loss to those guys, uh, could end up uh, being higher on the, on the board. And something you mentioned to me is there's speculation that maybe Notre Dame's in the Orange Bowl. As an opponent. As an opponent, correct. So uh, Virginia and Notre Dame have already played this year. And Virginia year. Tech, Notre Dame have already played. Correct. So maybe if Pitt takes care of business, maybe if they want Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl with a different opponent, that's something that could be done as well. Oh, so, so, so many different scenarios that could play out. Obviously, all we want is just Pitt win this week, uh, close off against BC. Hopefully, Virginia Tech can take care of UVA. And then it's just kind of nice and neat. Pitt in the ACC title game beats Clemson. And then what? We're in the college football playoff, right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Although with uh, maybe if more uh, superstar quarterbacks go down and some teams lose games, they shouldn't. No, that's just that would be absolute insanity. But Pitt in a position to get an awesome bowl game possibly, but they do have to win this one. And we're talking about a team that has found an identity offensively, found some balance. Can Pitt disrupt that? I think that's the story of half the story of the game. The other story can Pitt's offense put it all together? They went out there. They did not turn the ball over. Uh, they played pretty smart football for the most part, but can they cut down on the penalties, catch the football, talking to you, Nakia Griffin-Stewart, and maybe score uh, in the 30s in this one because technically, not by much, but technically Virginia Tech, highest scoring team in the Coastal Division, Vince. Yeah, Is that against conference opponents or just overall? Overall uh, points scored on well, the season. And I think you gotta you gotta take that with a grain of salt a little bit because if you look at Virginia Tech's schedule, they've played Rhode Island, they've played uh, Old Dominion, Old Dominion, they played Furman, uh, they played a you know uh, a Georgia Tech team that they beat up pretty good. Um, so they've played you know maybe uh, a much easier schedule than the Panthers. I, I'll, I'll say that. Um, so it is. It's going to be very interesting. I'll say you talked about score. If the offense scored 30 points, I think if we score 30 points, uh, I feel pretty confident we're going to win this ball game. Uh, but in, uh, you talked about turnovers. That is, uh, that's going to be big. You know, this attacking style defense that Virginia Tech has, uh, you know, we cannot afford to turn the ball over because if we do, Virginia Tech's got the ability to make something happen with the ball whenever that, if that would happen. Do you expect their defense to have like extra juice? I mean, do you expect like uh, 
that Caleb Farley, their defensive back, who's getting a lot of praise, or one of their other guys, just go out there and play like madmen for Bud Foster? Is he that type of coach on his last day? They're they're going to just play inspired football. Is that what Pitt's facing this weekend? I don't know if I would say that because they're going to be fire up, fired up regardless. I mean, they, there's a lot at stake in this game. I, uh, they, it, you look, you probably look back. I mean, what did they do in Frank Beamer's last game? You know, what did they do? <laughs> you know, what did, what did Florida state do in, in Bobby Bowden's last game? You know, not, the, not the greatest of performances. <laughs> uh, nothing so, to worry about. So I, you know, from that, standpoint i'm not i'm not too worried about it you know what i'm not too worried about their leading sack getter is a defensive back i mean come on let's let's handle this offensive line there's nothing to be afraid of here yeah yeah and maybe use some of that to an advantage try to use the the screen game let them get upfield we've we've been pretty effective on the screen game this year i would say i'd like to do that um and you talk you talk about the alan you talk about the uh Virginia Tech's going to be coming in this game fired up. I think Pitt Pam is going to be coming in this game fired up. They finally got back. They finally got past this team that they they haven't been able to beat. So they got to be feeling pretty good about this right now. They had a few extra days to prepare. They went to the zoo yes. to relax themselves. Saw the giraffes. Uh, so I think I think they're ready to come out uh, firing in this game. I really do. You don't think they're going to have a letdown game? I think they had enough time. They had the extra time off to prepare. This is this is a huge game, and maybe that should have Pitt fans be a little nervous. When was the last time Pitt uh, played a game where both teams were seven and three or better? Yeah, I I don't I don't know. It, it's I don't have it in front of me, but uh, it seems like it's been a long time. What about when they played Clemson that year? I think we already had four losses by that oh, okay. time. I really uh, do. And and just think of this. This is what I would be thinking about. You still can end this season with 10 victories. Double-digit victories still possible. Got to get it done in Blacksburg. Spoil Bud Foster's going-away party. And uh, we will make uh, score selections, picks, in uh, just a little bit whenever we talk some more college football. Uh, Put it on the back burner till the end of the show. Uh, set it up for an epic, epic uh, finish here. But let's go to some basketball real quick. Unfortunately, backyard brawl comes to the Pete and Pitt got handled 68 to 53. Domination on the boards by the Mountaineers. Um, Oscar, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Shibwe? Was that how Shibwe. Shibwe. Well, I, I, I got tired of them saying his name watching the game. I mean, that was thoroughly just a dominating performance by, by a big, mean dude. I, f- I felt bad for Pitt's young guys uh, down low, but they just couldn't handle that guy. 20.17 rebounds. Yeah, that, and you, know, you talked about gave up 18 offensive rebounds, got out-rebounded by 20. Uh, and what's so disappointing is Pitt was only trailing by one point at the half. Uh, and and they just couldn't stay in this game at all. Um, and it didn't matter who they put down low to stop this guy. Brown, Hamilton, Tony, Champagny, George, Coolbody. Uh, it, it didn't matter. Nobody had an answer for this guy, this freshman, uh, which is so which is, makes it doubly double hurt because this guy was right in our backyard. 
Uh, it would have been nice to ha uh, have this guy pit right now. Uh, just very disheartening to see uh, that you know nobody could even put up any resistance yeah. at all. He's legit though. He was legit. It was it was actually yeah. it was fun to watch a dominant performance by a college basketball player. Unfortunately, it was against our Pitt Panthers and it was from a WVU Mountaineer. But he's very good, Oscar Shibway. Um, but what I want to see moving forward is okay. You've you've established you're going to need to see improvement, uh, you know, from your bigs. But how about just shooting better? I mean, the second half shooting, it, when you're, when you are just not coach. Coach Capel has even said this: you are not going to be more talented really than anybody you play. That means you need to be efficient. Make your shots when you get them. Take smart shots. Pitt did not do that. That second half was almost unwatchable offensively. Well it carried over to the first half against Monmouth too this earlier this week too. Mm -hmm. They struggled shooting the yeah. first half there. Yeah. What, what, Pam, you're a rebounding expert here. I'd like to ask you this. What's more disheartening? Yeah. Shooting three for 25 in the second half against WVU and six for 25 against Monmouth in the first half, only scoring 21 points in that half. Is that worse than get, than giving up 18 offensive rebounds and being out-rebounded by 20? No, that's not worse at all because if you rebound, you create extra shots. So if you're not shooting well, but you can rebound, you're giving yourself more opportunities to score, and you need more opportunities to score when you're in a slump like they were. Well, there you have it. Pitt women's basketball got uh, back on the winning track uh, after a loss to Georgetown. Um, they, they came out and they beat uh, Farley Dickinson, the winless Farley Dickinson Knights, the Pitt Panthers uh, beat up on them. And it was fun to see uh, in that game, you got Cara Judkins and Bug working their, working their style, you know, taking over the way they do, but it actually results in a victory for Pitt, but still Pam moving forward, need more, more out of somebody besides those two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was good to see Bug stay healthy and continue to play. She played almost the whole game. She played 37 out of the 40 minutes here, so that was great. Um, Hayford off the bench had eight points as well, but she also had 10 rebounds coming off the bench, and she played significant time there as well. Gabby Green uh, hasn't shot the best. Um, she was still able to contribute, and um, in the later in the fourth quarter, she had some key buckets to really uh, change the momentum in this game. But she needs to improve on her shooting. Overall, uh, the team shot okay um, from the field. Um, Judkins was perfect, three for three, uh, with eight points. But um, they just need to continue to get that secondary scoring and Bug continue to be that leader that she can be. I, I was uh, actually. Uh, we we okay. We knew uh, going into the season that we would see a lot of minutes out of Bug, but uh, sh shout out to Amber Brown stepping up and yep. getting getting some. I mean, just really playing the entire game pretty much at the point guard uh, out of Monroe, Louisiana, and uh, the, you got a freshman with a ton of minutes there, reliable minutes moving forward. That's an important game. That's like a, a you know a game where you accumulate important experience against you know, a lesser opponent, uh, a team that's winless, but still, you know, you, as an ACC squad, you should handle Farley Dickinson. The Pitt Panthers did. And, uh, you know, they will, uh, they'll, they'll move on uh, from, from that victory to take on Duquesne this week. We do get a city game this year, Vince. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we're not going to have it on the men's side, uh, but we will have it on the women's side. And I uh, believe it's a gold out as well. Okay. Nice. At the Pete, a gold out, and that'll be uh, at 2 p.m. Uh, that's on uh, this this Saturday, actually. Is that So that's during the football game then. At least part of it. A little bit part, before. before. Maybe li- they'll take care of business in the first half. I mean, they'll th- blow them out. Listen. This is what you do. You go to the women's game. You get all golded out. That's kind of like a, you're going to have a party. It's a big game. It's a city game, but also a pregame for the huge football game that you're going to walk down the hill and watch probably at, I don't know, Hemingway's or something, Vince. And I was going to say, yeah, I was gonna, about to say head on down to Peter's and yeah. watch the rest of the game, but yeah, no more. Mario's. And I will say for for listeners who aren't as familiar with the women's game, we typically say college basketball games are two hours, and we all know watching men's college basketball, they're more like two, two and a half hours. Women's games, and we can get this into this at a later time, have some rules, and these games are under two hours. So if you're questioning whether you should go, support the women, go. This game will be over unless there's any overtime or anything crazy before four o'clock. Yeah, easily. Easily. Make it a Panther day on Saturday with Pitt women's basketball, gold out at the Pete in the city game, and, of course, Pitt-Virginia Tech live from Blacksburg. And let's get back to some Pitt-Virginia Tech talk real quick because instead of doing our Pitternet stuff we've been doing, we had a really interesting tweet sent to us that required a little bit more thinking for this segment this week. Vince, uh, Will on Twitter, I guess, asked us a pretty interesting question. Yeah, he, he wanted to know our uh, our top five Pitt versus Virginia Tech moments. Uh, uh, and, we, and we thank you, Will, for the, the question on Twitter, and we're going to answer it now. Uh, we're going to count these down, I guess, from five to one, with one being our, our, our most favorite moment. Top five Pitt, Virginia Tech Memories, Vince, you want to take number five? Yeah, I will. We're going to go 1997, Kevin Barlow, a 56-yard uh, touchdown reception from Pistol Pete Gonzalez uh, to put the game out of reach. Uh, Pitt taking on uh, the number 15 at the time, Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, this was a game played at Pitt Stadium. Uh, you know, Not a, a critical play in the game, but this one you know, did put the game out of reach, and it kept Pitt's bowl hopes alive, which they eventually would make uh, a bowl in, for the first time since 1989. Uh, a, a, an eight-year gap there. Wow. I, I, I just I, – I wanted to make this my number one, but this was a uh, – you know, we all kind of voted and went back and forth. So this ended up number four here. This is last year. This was my homecoming. I hadn't been to a pit game at Heinz Field in years. And last year, Quadri Olison gives me personally just one of the best memories. A 97-yard, just absolute molly whopping of a run down the field. It was glorious. Pitt vanquishing Virginia Tech like they were a Division One AA team last year. Vince, that's my that's that ended up number four, but honestly could be my number one personally just because i was there yeah it, it was uh uh one of the most one of the most dominating runs i i've uh seen of that kind of length marshawn uh, lynch <laughs> eats your heart out 
Yeah, just a tremendous uh, effort. 97-yard effort from Quadri Allison. Uh, Alan, I'm going to take these next two here. Uh, number three, uh, 2002, Larry Fitzgerald. To me, this was his real coming out party to the whole country. Uh, uh, pit on the road at Lane Stadium uh, against the number three Hokies. Uh, three touchdowns from Larry Fitzgerald this game. Just outstanding. I think this really showed the whole country uh, what this kid was capable of. Uh, and started the, the legend uh, of Larry Fitzgerald that's still living on today. Also, shout uh, out to Brandon Myrie running for a 53-yarder at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, another huge play. But uh, for Will here, we are going with just in, uh, individual plays or performances, I suppose. But that Myrie one, that was probably number six, I would say. <laughs> uh, 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 number two here, 2003, Lusaka Polite. Scored a game-winning touchdown uh, in the final minutes uh, of uh, a game against the number five Hokies at, at Heinz Field. Uh, college game day was in town. Uh, just a, a brutal back-and-forth game. Extremely cold. Lots of wind. And, and uh, Lusaka played out of Woodland Hills High School. Uh, scored a fullback scored in the game-winning touchdown. Uh, you talked about Brandon Myrie, you talked about Larry Fitzgerald, Chris Wilson, Rod Rutherford, a lot of big-time offensive talent there. But it was the fullback, uh, Lusaka, getting the game-winning touchdown pass against – or the game-winning touchdown run against the Hokies. Uh, did Henry Hanoski ever get a game-winning touchdown? I love when we talk fullbacks on this show. But it's not going to be a fullback. Well, it might end up being a fullback for the number one because the number one moment – performance against Virginia Tech the number one pit versus Virginia Tech memory it's yet to happen because it's this Saturday when Kenny Pickett comes from vanquishing demons at Heinz Field to Blacksburg in Virginia and he takes Bud Foster he props him up he says I'm sorry I love you and he super kicks him right in the face sending him into retirement, and getting Pitt the big victory. And hopefully, the Coastal Division. Number one Pitt moment. There you go. How about that? Well, thank you, Will, for the question on Twitter. Uh, anybody can hit us up uh, with something you want to hear on the show, at H2P Show on Twitter. Uh, love the feedback on it. Uh, Alan, there is a, a lot of chatter going on right now uh, about this pit team i think i think they finally opened some people's eyes uh getting by north carolina wouldn't you say yeah I, you know all, how how quickly people's opinions turn you know they were saying a week ago oh who cares they're never winning a national title why would i watch it now everybody i know says they can't wait for the virginia tech game and they're talking about it all over town another saturday coming and the panthers are playing time to find out what the answers are saying You know, I was so fed up with how the Stillers are playing that Thursday night. You know, I actually turned a pick game on. Yeah, because, you know, ain't nobody was at that game with the Steelers playing. Yeah, I, I was so impressed with that picket kid. You know, he kind of looked like Tyler Palco out there. Oh, yeah, or, or Rod Rutherford, except he was a righty. Or or maybe he was more, you know, actually, come think of it, he was more like that Jimmy used to play butyas in the bar league. Held a pit. What the answers are saying. That's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, I feel like people are, are are 
starting to get on this pit bandwagon a little bit as they come down the stretch here. Uh, huge game uh, in Blacksburg Lane Stadium. Uh, and we also got uh, some big game, a big game uh, over in Columbus, Ohio, that we're definitely going to be watching. Uh, that's going to have major impact, Alan, on these uh, college football playoff rankings. Oh, college football. Don't you dare be sour. Don't you sleep on Oklahoma. I told you they would rise. And also, don't you don't you send death threats to the Penn State quarterback? Everyone knew they were going to lose to Minnesota. Who? Come on. That's just, even for a Penn State quarterback, you don't do that. I know Sean Clifford's very upset, and he's going to probably be more upset uh, after this weekend when they have to face Ohio State in that defense. Yeah, Ohio State. Uh, right now it is a 18 point favorite at the Westgate at home. That's it. Uh, yeah, well that, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is kind of seems like a bargain, I guess, maybe, um, that I think Ohio state is, is going to come come out and, and just steamroll this team. The, the only argument I could possibly get, uh, uh, and I'd like to hear what you guys think about this is, you know, Justin Fields hasn't really felt any pressure at all uh, from a good front seven this entire year. And, and, you know, he, Penn state's front seven's pretty good, but at the same time, you know, I don't see Penn state being able to put up many points if, if at all, and eventually Ohio state's going to get there, Pam, they're going to be able to throw the ball effectively to some of those good receivers and a weak Penn state secondary. Well, and JK Dobbins is playing out of his mind as well. And so, Ohio State's just loaded with weapons. Um, It'll be interesting to see what Justin Fields does, but I do think he has too many weapons, and I think Ohio State wins, and they cover this spread. Chase Young playing in this game? Yes. I honestly... Would they take my prop bet down the rivers, Vince, if I made this a bet? Uh, I think Penn State might get shut out. Yeah, you could bet on team totals, and I would imagine they would certainly have that for this game. I uh, <laughs> I could see Penn State getting a big fat zero offensively against oh, that Ohio so. State defense. Yeah, I oh, mean, I hope so. Uh, um, it's a very impressive. I I think if Ohio State is it no nah. Do you think if they beat up on Penn State good enough, they could skip over LSU in the college football no. play, playoff ranking? No. No, because I think LSU, not only do they have the win against Alabama, they beat Auburn and they beat Florida. Yeah. And Texas. And well, Texas isn't very good at the moment, but um, I think those three wins for LSU are better than any three wins Ohio State will have, no matter how many points they put up against Penn State here. This committee has something for Penn State, which I, I don't quite understand. Um Seriously. Yeah. They were praising uh, Penn State's win against a good pit team. If if Penn Penn State's so good. Not ranked. If if they're so good, we should be in the top 25. This is bogus. If I'm a fan of Baylor, uh, I'm I'm angry about this. If I'm I'm super pissed if I'm a Minnesota Gopher fan, even though they went down. I mean, how is a team that you beat? They beat them head to head. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah. And for Penn State to be ahead of Oklahoma is an it's a travesty. But I don't want to keep talking about them. There are other exciting games. Like those Texas Longhorns taking on Baylor, Pam. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you had to Baylor be happy. With... You had to be happy. Baylor went down to Oklahoma. You hate Baylor. Um, I'm. A, I like Matt Rule. I'm not a big fan of the institution. Good or facial the expressions. Program. Good facial expressions. Yeah, I like. Matt I like Rule. Matt Rule, and I like some of the things he said about issues at Baylor. Baylor dropped uh, with that loss all the way to 14. One of the worst collapses we've seen. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Matt, a horrible, horrible collapse. What are they the time of possession Matt Rule had in the second half, or Matt Rule's Baylor team had in the second half was horrific. I just let me She ask refuses you, to even mention Baylor by name. I know. She <laughs> calls Matt Rule's team. Matt Rules. <laughs> Twenty-eight to three at one point, right? Did you see the Falcons tweeted at Baylor? Just yeah. oh, hand on the head. Wolf. But in the Big yeah. Twelve, you know how it goes team losing like that they'll i think they'll go out and beat texas now this week yeah, oh, yeah. well baylor a four-point favorite uh at the Westgate against texas uh i texas is tricky in that they you know they could cover some spreads and just not win but yeah i guess it depends on you know what what baylor still has left after that you know i mean they could still win the big 12 and i i haven't looked at the big 12 rankings but i suppose if they lost they would be you know, in jeopardy may or not of making the Big 12 championship game. Listen, listen. also, on the other side of this game, before we go d- deeper into Big 12 lore, um, just any anyone who books bowl games listening to the show, if you want, I mean, if Pitt doesn't get in the Orange Bowl, I'm saying, if you want a great game in a, bowl, a great matchup, I think Pitt and Texas match up for what could be a <laughs> badass football game come bowl season. Just saying. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I mean, they probably want to give Texas a, an opponent with more traveling fans, but just the on the field, I think those two teams would be really fun to watch compete against each other. But uh, back to the Big 12, the, the Baylor Bears, I guess, still alive. Oklahoma has TCU this week, Vince. Yeah, TCU, a, 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 I believe it was an 18-and-a-half-point underdog at the Westgate. Uh, to me, I would think TCU would, would cover this game, but I, I don't see them winning. I mean, I think Oklahoma is still just a little bit better, uh, than them, but you know, TCU is not going to go quietly. They're, they're a sneaky team. They're yeah. They're, they have five losses and in their five losses, only one team beat them by more than one score. And that was at Iowa state, a tough place to play. That was earlier in the season. TCU has had fluctuating situation at quarterback, but still a team that doesn't go away quietly. Uh, like you said, Vince, uh, they competed with Baylor a couple weeks ago. Um, they they beat Texas Tech barely last week, but uh, again, this is this is always a dangerous team in the Big Twelve. So, and Oklahoma hasn't made things easy on themselves. So you, nothing is settled in the Big Twelve. Bad loss for Baylor, but they're still very much alive. And hey, well, crazy things can happen in the last two weeks. I mean, Oklahoma State and Iowa, Iowa State and Texas aren't giving up hope yet. I'm sure. No, and Baylor, Baylor. It looks like Baylor and Oklahoma are on a collision course for a rematch in the Big Twelve title game. Both sit in six and one in conference, where Oklahoma State's four and three. So unless Baylor or Oklahoma collapse. They would have to lose both of their remaining yeah, games. Yeah, collapse down the stretch. Then. OU with TCU and Oklahoma State is, you know, I think a little bit rougher than what Baylor's got going on. But uh, 
I think either way, it's it's going to probably give us a rematch of what was one of the best games, if not the best game, of the college football season. That was very memorable last week. Um, but, of course, the biggest game of the week is Pitt and Virginia Tech, and it's about that time for us to pick it, Vince. It's time to have a final score. What's the Westgate telling us when the Panthers I go to Black right now. Uh, Pitt is a four-point underdog at the Westgate right now. Um, I, I'll start this off. You know, I, I think, you know, th- this offense, you know, for as much as, you know, up and down as they've been, I think they still continue to get a little bit better. Um, yeah, that game against North Carolina, I throw a lot, of, you know, with all the penalties, uh, you know, right or wrong, you know, I kind of, I kind of throw a lot of that stuff out that game because, you know, you finally beat a team that's beaten you with seven, six straight years, and you finally got past them. So I don't care how you did it. Uh, it's important that you did do it. Uh, so I think this pit team is going to come out here fired up, uh, looking to make a statement here uh, and, and break into those top 25 rankings. Uh, a lot of people are doubting them. Jesse Palmer's doubting them. We heard him talk about on uh, on the college football rankings preview last night. We were watching, and he said, there, there's only one ACC team in the rankings, Clemson, but Virginia Tech will probably be in next week after they beat Pitt. He just swept them under the rug. Uh, Pitt is really getting disrespected here. I think they're going to come out fired up. I think Virginia Tech has been severely overrated all year. I understand that they've you know, uh, got played a lot better after their, their shaky start, but they haven't played a whole lot of good teams, uh, and, and they certainly have not beaten a, a team – with this kind of defense that Pitt's going to be throwing at them. Uh, so that's why I like the Panthers here. Uh, and I'm going to say a score of, uh, I'll, I'll say 27 to 13. I think we're going to come out really a, a, and just squash them. Oh, like a bug, bug foster on Saturday in Blacksburg. <laughs> uh, Pam, you got a score? Yeah, after that long soliloquy, how do I follow that? Um, I do think it's going to be a little bit closer here. I think the Pitt defense is going to stay, uh, step up. I think it's going to be um, a 23-19 to 19 game. Ooh. Ooh, 23-19. to 19. Um, Can I get a, a, an amount of turnovers from the Pitt offense in this game? Or or the special teams? Gotta throw uh, hopefully them in zero. <laughs> I'd say one. I think there's going to be one. One. Okay. Well, hopefully it's not a backbreaker. That's what I'm most concerned about is holding on. Oh to yeah. The Pitt's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hold on to the football. I think really when you got a young quarterback and you got a team that leg- like legitimately is the best pass rushing team in the country, 45 sacks is no joke. And when you look at who Pitt has played, they've done it against teams that throw the ball well, protect the quarterback well, or at least get the ball out so their quarterback shouldn't be getting sacked if Pitt has sacked him or at least put pressure on him. And only a a couple times as this defense maybe ran out of gas or slipped up, I do not see that happening, especially with a whole week or extra days off, a whole week plus a few days, going to the zoo, the mojo they got going down into Blacksburg, knowing what they did to them last year. The defense, of course, will carry this load, but do not sleep. On the confidence that Kenny Pickett gained last week against UNC, I think the rest of the season we are going to see a very different Kenneth Pickett 
the rest of the way. I think we're going to see more of what that Kenny Pickett did in the UNC game or the Miami game a couple years ago. I think he's back, and I think Pitt wins. 31-20, to stomping on him just like last year. Maybe not as bad. I don't know about a 97-yard touchdown run, but Panthers win by double digits. And then Mr. Palmer and anybody else doubting the Pitt Panthers will all of a sudden act like, oh, yeah, well, of course they're top 25. They got 55 sacks on the year. Oh, it's a shame they haven't been there all year. Just watch that happen, Vince. This defense, I I think, is going to be coming out here fired up. I I really do. And and I'll say, you know, Virginia Tech, more of a running team, uh, I know Pitt didn't do the best at stopping the run this past week against North Carolina, but uh, you know traditionally, still uh, keeping uh, people should, under 100 yards every yeah, week. Yeah, traditionally still uh, a good run stopping team, and something that Pat Narduzzi wants to do. They're going up against a quarterback who has not make you know. Yes, he's been efficient, but can he make the big plays uh, that can hurt him? Is he going to be able to consistently drive the ball? down the field dinking and dunking against it i i don't see that happening i think the panthers going to come out here making a statement somebody say something about getting fired up what a saturday we got gold out for pit women's basketball pit virginia tech this is going to be one of the most fun weekends of the year pam absolutely hail to pit vince oh my goodness i'm so hyped i'm not going to hit anybody with a with a, a football helmet, but I might do some fist pumps in the air. I might make up cuss words like Coach Narduzzi, and I know I'm going to be celebrating because I feel I feel it. That defense is coming. Pitt Panthers in Blacksburg, and then next week we'll all reconvene to talk about what a big win it was. Hopefully, and look forward to fingers crossed the Coastal Championship still. 10 wins in front of us, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow us at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. We appreciate the suggestions for show segments and feedback on what you like on the show, what you don't like. We love it all. And, of course, we'll be looking at what you're saying on the Pitternet to talk about it next week. Hell to pit, everybody.